0: I was up in Maine, trying to find a place to crash for the night, when the snow first started to fall. At first, I thought it was just going to be a quick storm. It was the end of November after all, and I figured if I kept on trucking, I'd either get through it, or it would just kind of taper off. Sure enough, the few flakes turned into a flurry, which turned into a blizzard. I got a few more miles down the road, before I saw the flashing lights in my rear view. I pulled over, and the cop stops behind me. It was all the attitude you'd expect from someone forced to work outside during a snowstorm. What the hell is the matter with you? Don't you know a blizzard's coming? I didn't, so I kind of shrugged and said, No, officer. He's shaking his head like I'm not the first idiot he's pulled over that night. Look, this road's going to be closed down in a minute. There's a motel about 30 minutes back. Head there for the night. I'd seen the motel he was mentioning earlier on my drive. Real Norman Bates looking place. I really didn't want to stay there, but if the roads were closing, I really had no choice. I thanked the cop for the heads up and turned round. You could tell the building was built for times like this. Cheap white clapboard with an old neon sign out front. Maggie's. It was an L-shaped single-storey building wrapped around a parking lot, with dark red numbered doors for each room. At the top of the L was this, I guess you'd say, bigger square part? with huge bay windows. I thought it was the lobby and pulled up in front of it. There were a few other cars there, so I guessed it wasn't as serial killery as I'd first assumed. Turns out, the lobby was actually a bar. In retrospect, the neon signs advertising random beers should have been a dead giveaway, but I was too stressed out from the drive to notice them until I'd actually stepped inside. The entrepreneur who had bought the motel had added the square part and got their liquor licence as extra income from her guests. Her name was Maggie. She was this big, bad biker chick, with curled hair and tattoos up both arms. The second I walked in, she gave me a wave and a, Come on in from the cold, honey. I walked up to the first bar stool as Maggie leaned forward. Coming in from the storm? I nodded and she smiled. Well, if you want a room, it's going to cost you. But, "'If you're just looking for a place to crash for the night, "'we're setting up out here,' she gave a grin. "'But if you're staying out here, you're going to have company, "'and you don't want to be the only person at a party not drinking.' "'I smiled. "'So that was a game. "'So what's the drink minimum for staying in the bar?' "'She shook her head. "'No minimum. "'You can stay the night if you want, free of charge. "'Call it my charitable nature. "'Still, Have you ever been the only sober one in a group of drunks? Not fun. I had been the only sober one in a group of drunks before, so naturally I ordered a beer. There were a few other people there for the night. There was this one guy with a big handlebar moustache who went by Mac, long-haul trucker from Louisiana, who looked and talked like his other eye was an alligator. There was a college girl named Mary pretty little brunette working on her doctorate and was driving up to visit her family. She was there with her girlfriend Tess and their friend Mark. Tess had more of an outsider look to her compared to Mary's fashionable one. She had a shaved head and a leather jacket two sizes too big with the name of a punk band I can't remember written on the back in the white spray paint. Mark was an Italian exchange student. He spoke really well for someone who said he was in the country for a little over a year. Still, There were times, especially when he was a few deep, when he'd start talking really fast and just switch over to his native language. There was this newlywed couple driving up to Canada named Kevin and Jill. They had reservations at this hotel by the falls when they too got caught in the storm. Then, of course, there was me. Well, Anne Maggie. She hung out with us, but mostly to collect money for the drinks and keep an eye on the place. For such a diverse group, we got on really well. We sat around, drinking and swapping stories while the snow came down outside. Eventually, I broke out my guitar, and we started passing that around with a bottle of whiskey Mackey said was on the house. Turns out, Mary could play too. Her and Mark went into this Italian duet. Really sappy, lovesick song, like you'd hear in a mafia movie during a killing montage. When the sun started to go down, the only people who opted for a room were the newlyweds. The rest of us were more than happy to enjoy each other's company and bask in the neon glow. It was Mac who suggested a friendly game of poker to pass the time. We decided not to play for real money. Real hard to stay friends with the guy who bluffed the shirt off your back. Not only that, but Mark had never played Texas Holden before, and none of us were the type to take advantage. So we played for random objects. I see your three cigarettes, and raise you the next round, kind of betting system. We had Maggie there to ref and decide whether or not the bets matched up. I was a bottle of Kentucky and a pack of Mavericks up when the sun finally began to set, and he walked in. The first thing that struck me odd about the guy were his clothes. Black suit, black tie, white shirt, black sunglasses. All impeccable. The snow had been coming down for a few hours, and this guy had to have been stuck in his car the entire time, Yet he looked like he'd just stepped out of his house. The second thing was his demeanour. If you're driving through a storm like that for hours on end, you're more than likely going to be pretty stoked to find shelter, or at the very least, aggravated from the commute. Not this guy. He had ice water in his veins. He pulled off his sunglasses and looked at Maggie. You mind if I join in? Maggie nodded and said, Sure. You want a drink? The man shook his head and slid his glasses into his inside coat pocket. No thank you, miss. His voice was as smooth as his gait. The way he moved, it was less like walking, and more like gliding. He picked up a chair, and put it down across the table from me, between Tess and Mark. So, what's the game? Mark finished shoveling the cards. Hold'em. You in? The man grinned, and nodded. We continued our game with a new player, but there was something off. It's taken me years to figure out a way to describe it. Nothing changed, but everything did. It's like walking through a hospital. You may be there to only get blood work done, but you can't deny that someone, somewhere is dying. I didn't know how many hands we played before I dropped my cigarette on the floor and stuck my head under the table to try and find it. It had fallen next to my foot and rolled towards the middle of the table. I grabbed it by the filter and looked across from me to where the man sat. He had lifted his suit pants to mid-calf, so that he could what looked like better scratch his leg. The man's skin was dark red viper-like scales. His hand had long, pointed black nails, protruding from thin, cracked fingers. I stared, amazed at what I was seeing. Then I noticed he had stopped scratching I slowly lifted my head up to see him staring right at me. Everyone around us continued talking and laughing at something Mary had said, except the man and I. We were stuck in a staring contest. He pulled his hand back to the table, his now normal-looking hand. It was Mac who first noticed us. So, you guys still in? He asked with slight apprehension. I turned to him. He read my face just as well as he had been reading it for the entire game. Something was wrong, and it had something to do with the man in the black suit. Mary dealt the next hand without any idea of what was going on. Mac dropped his hand to his side. Mine wrapped around the neck of a bottle. The man stiffened up. The man lowered his head and looked at his cards. He placed them back onto the table and threw the ante in. I lifted my cards with my left while gripping the glass neck with my right. You never said what your name is, friend, Mac said in an uncharacteristically flat voice. He knows who I am, the man said. The silence spread across the table. You could almost hear the snow landing outside. The man's eyes never left mine. You better pull that gun out, Mackenzie. It's your only chance of survival. Mac drew the Glock 30 he had hidden in his waistband The man grabbed the hand holding it and slammed it to the table with the unmistakable sound of snapping bone. I stood up and hit him over the head with all the strength I didn't know I had. The bottle shattered. He jumped back, throwing his chair across the room. His head shut up and he revealed his truth face. The man had a long crooked nose over a wide mouth of pointed fangs. His eyes were black onyx with no pupil or iris. His flesh tightened into the red scales I had seen earlier. His hair turned long, black and coarse. He roared to everyone's screams. Mac lifted the pistol with his good hand and fired. The bullets flew through the man's... the creature's jacket with harmless puffs. Mark gripped the gold cross around his neck and began to recite a prayer in Italian. The creature walked over, and slammed his fist into Mark's chest, sending the exchange student into the wall. Hey, fuckface! The creature turned just as Mary slammed a coat rack across his back. The creature whipped round to face her as she prepared for another swing. He grabbed Mary by her long brown hair and pulled down hard enough to snap her neck. Maggie would later tell me it was years of breaking up redneck barroom brawls that gave her the reflexes for what she did next while the creature chuckled over Mary's crumpled corpse. Maggie ran behind the bar and pulled a sawn off Remington 870. He looked up at the chick-chick of her racking a shell. Four rounds. That's what it took to push the creature back against the huge bay windows of the bar. It was Tess's time to roar. She ran at the creature with a force I hadn't seen outside of the NFL. The bay window showered the two in glass rain... "'as they fell onto the concrete sidewalk. "'Mac and I quickly grabbed our table "'and pressed it hard against the broken window. "'The creature slammed his fists against the wood "'while Maggie joined in our attempt to keep him out. "'We were just about to lose the battle "'when Kevin's muffled voice came from outside. "'What the hell?' "'The sounds that came next will never leave me. "'Rips, screams, prayers, and laughter.' We spent the night trying to keep the creature out. He circled the building, screaming taunts, threats and tass. He kept her alive for most of the night. Dawn came, and we all left, with the exception of Maggie. I still don't know what she told the police, or if she even called them. But it's been a few years, and I haven't seen the inside of a jail cell. You see, Mark wasn't killed when he hit the wall. He was just knocked out. When he came to and heard Tess's cries, he tried to pull down the table to get at his friend, and we... Well, I'm sure you can guess. I've played it over and over in my head. What if we had all run out there to help Kevin and Jill? Tess? What if we'd tried to be heroes? None of us were. None of us are. The devil's greatest trick isn't convincing man he doesn't exist. He's more sinister than that, you see. His greatest trick doesn't involve hiding at all. It's exposing. A monster more mirror than man. Hi guys, Brimstone here. Hope you enjoyed today's video. It's been a while since I've done something fictional and this story really stood out to me. A lot of old timey tales of the devil playing poker uh, apologies if I completely mangled the accents, I just thought it'd be a nice thing to try out on this video. At uh, the minute I'm still currently working on a kind of new project. It's going to be a variation on like top fives that I've done before, but probably a bit bigger. Maybe a ten. We'll see. But hopefully that should be out next Wednesday when I've got some time off work and I can get it all done properly. But please make sure you do like, comment, subscribe and share. It really helps the channel out well. And again, I just want to say a great big thank you to all of you for your support over the past couple of months. So, until next time, sleep tight.